welcome back to Gen Z's Digital Decalogue. I'm your host, Shivani Murugapran. A little bit about our guest of honor today. Chloe is the founder of Mentality Masterpiece, the co-project director of Detester Magazine, a member of LookUp's Youth Leadership Council, and an advocacy branch intern at LookUp this summer. Chloe works to organize and speak at the Youth for Youth iSummit and develop the political advocacy branch of LookUp. Through Detester Magazine, she has coordinated social activism initiatives for 7,000 plus Instagram followers. She has also launched a global conference with over 300 attendees and several panelists. Chloe was also awarded second place at the Civic Leadership Academy Project of the Year Awards. Her work across various streams has brought her to organize a student mental health forum in her district and pursue various paths advocating for social activism, legislative reform, and wellness. So Chloe is a very, very accomplished person in her regard, and she is entering her senior year of high school. Thank you so much, Chloe, for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. And you wrote that bio so well, like I (laughs) surprised myself like that, but thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. You know, I find that a lot of people, especially in high school, when we do a lot of stuff or especially you with all the amazing things you've accomplished, maybe it doesn't feel that way until you kind of package everything together when you say it out loud. It sounds mighty impressive. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, before we kind of jump into the bulk of what this episode is going to be, I'd love to start off with kind of a fun little rapid fire of some general questions. Um, and I'm going to warn you ahead. They're pretty weird questions. Um, but the first one is pretty straightforward. What is your favorite animal if you have one? Um, currently, I don't have a favorite, but in the past, I would always say pandas. Pandas? I- I would just say it. But if I had to choose one now, I would probably say mm, some type of, those aren't animals. Um, I don't know. Maybe It can be a fictional one too. It doesn't have to be like a real animal. I was just going to say, well, I guess I like cats. I don't have one. Cats. And um, I like that they seem pretty aware of like human, like, mood I'd say and they don't require as much work as a dog because I don't want to walk when I'm not feeling it so (laughs) no I thought that yeah um I would say mine is a unicorn just (laughs) because I just think it's cool that it doesn't exist and it's in so many like myths and stories so I just it's always been my favorite I guess um but yeah so the next one is would you rather be a smurf or an elf a smurf uh, they're cooler and I think I don't know I like I feel like kids get so excited when the movies come out so mm-hmm. to like give kids that kind of he sounds really cool yeah that's cool um I would pick an elf just because I'm crazy for Christmas like Christmas is my favorite holiday like when it's November I start start bringing out the cookies and um my tree at my house is about 10 feet tall because that's what I asked for my birthday one year because I was like that's what I want I want I want a big Christmas tree and yeah it was totally worth it um I love decorating I'm can't wait for Christmas I'm already in the mood and it's like August (laughs) but yeah and then the last one is would you rather be able to travel back in time or travel to the future I mean if I had to choose I wouldn't travel at all because I'd rather oh okay but I don't know because I feel like going either way would make me almost paranoid 
Mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, I mean, that's totally an acceptable answer. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think I would agree with you. Traveling in time just seems very faulty in the premise. Yeah. But if I had to choose, I'd definitely go forward just because I feel like depending on where I go in the past, I could die. So. Oh, that that makes sense. I'd not even think about that. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I could too. Based on where we end up too. That's crazy. All right. Um, awesome. So thank you for that. That was a little fun to just kick things off. Um, kind of jumping into our conversation. I would love to ask you what sparked your interest in the digital well-being movement and in mental health. So at first in like middle school and like early high school, I was really interested in psychology because I'd found this I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the Myers-Briggs type indicator, but I found it's like a personality quiz um, and it gives you like four letters and I found it online and I got super invested in that. And then after I kind of got more interested in like the brain in general. And so at the beginning of high school when I was a freshman, I started um, my Instagram page, which was originally called Psyched About Psych. And on there, I'll share like different like interesting mental health facts, well, psychology facts that I found. And then once the pandemic hit, I realized that it was kind of like a shift. Like people didn't really need to hear like psychology facts as more as kind of like the application of those facts in a more of like support-based way. So that's what I began doing. And I would like for different, for some of the posts, like I would consult like different articles if it was like more of like an advice-based thing since like I'm not a mental health professional I can't really give that type of advice but some of it would just be kind of like more my thoughts on different things and I never thought that when I started it I never thought that I would like continue it really just because it was kind of just like a one-off thing that I started but I think that with the pandemic and really just the like increased importance of mental health I well it's always been important but the increased awareness I'd say of mental health definitely accelerated like everything I was doing yeah that's super cool I didn't know that mentality masterpiece started out as something different and I by the way I love that name too you said psyched about psych right yeah that was the original (laughs) yeah that's a really cool name I like that play on word Words. but I think it's awesome like how you kind of thought about it and it kind of evolved into something different as the pandemic progressed um, and so can you tell us a little bit more about what Mentality Masterpiece is and what the platform is about? Yeah so Mentality Masterpiece is an Instagram account and at the moment I have a little over 6,000 it's been really exciting to kind of pull mm. and kind of just create different it's a collection of like mental health reminders and like gentle reminders or tips and I found that it's been really like recently well earlier on it was more so kind of like focused on different um like mental illnesses or different things that people would be facing but recently I've kind of made for general like support um like reminders for example like just general like if you're not having a very good day like some like little reminders like maybe try to get like have you gotten some fresh air sunlight have you 
maybe like done something that's actually for you instead of like everything you're doing is for other people on your to-do list. And I think a large part of like creating these reminders has also helped me as well, just kind of thinking about these different things. And they were all things I never really considered before I started Mentality Masterpiece. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And when you've created it, how long has the Instagram page been active for? Like how long have you been working on Mentality Masterpiece? Um, since fall of 2019. Awesome, that's great. And how have you seen your followers react to some of the advice or information that you post? Yeah, it's been a generally like positive response. And a lot of times I'll get like comments or DMs of people saying like, oh, like this specific post was really helpful. And like, thank you so much for sharing it. It was like something I didn't know I needed to hear, but like was really impactful when I did see it. And I've had like a few like very small experiences with like negative comments but it's usually kind of like things where people are more so just unaware and they're kind of like just like oblivious to like the sensitivity of the topic but um yeah overall it's been really good that's great and it's awesome to see that you know there's people who you're impacting who are reaching out and telling you what they feel positively impacted by what you're doing which is great um and yeah that's awesome and kind of shifting gears from mentality masterpiece to look up um I was wondering how your experience has been working with look up and what do your roles kind of consist of and what you like about the organization yeah yeah I loved working with look up and I actually first found look up through LinkedIn I forgot who exactly or what exactly, but I was scrolling and I rarely ever just scroll through LinkedIn because it's like a rabbit hole and I'll be stuck there forever. But <laughs> yeah, I felt that. <laughs> it was, I think like the first or second day of the year and I'd always, well, okay. So since I'd been with Mentality Masterpiece, I found some accounts that focus more on digital well-being, but they were like a really small group and since mentality masterpiece is like instagram based like i've been kind of feeling some of the effects that the people were talking about just because it would be like it was a lot of time on social media and thinking about social media but i found that um i reached out to susan uh, through email and i actually think it was literally like the first of january and i honestly wasn't expecting a response at all because i I don't know, like emailing CEOs and founders, like I didn't think the response rate would be really high, but I was really excited when um, I was introduced to Susan and to the YLC at the time. And it was really interesting to see a group of like youth who were also um, just kind of recognizing the issue. And I think watching the social dilemma prior also kind of like help like it was something I knew in the background but the social dilemma like made it really clear kind of what the issue was and now I've been um on the YLC I'm now interning with Lookup and developing the advocacy branch and it's been really exciting on both ends yeah that's great um it's awesome to hear how you sort of connected with Susan in the first place and when did that happen around like what year maybe um it was like January of this year so it was awesome. kind of it was I remember 
the first day of January, I told myself, because it was like a thing on my to-do list for a long time. Mm-hmm. Since maybe like November, I've been thinking about like getting more involved in digital well-being. And it was the first of this, of January. And I was like, well, I'm going to finally like put it out there and just kind of see what I can do. And here I am. So really That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I love absolutely love that. I, I love cold emails in general. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But what it does, it's like so rewarding. Um, that's how I got involved as well as well. Um, I sent a cold email out to the Center for Humane Technology and I was with them for a little while and then I met Susan through like a youth conference type thing. It was like a little round table. Then I met Susan and then she sort of brought me over to look up. Um, but yeah, so I just I love how a lot of this kind of just started with the spark of, hey, this is interesting. So let me reach out to someone who's totally up there because why not? Right. And I, I just love that. I love that so much. I know this isn't directly, directly related, but I think something that with the advocacy brand, just kind of thinking of making that connection easier and so that it's not like always like cold emails, which I know a lot of people don't really send because it's mm-hmm. kind of like or the energy you're putting in will result in something. But I think that's something that the advocacy brand is kind of focusing on streamlining. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And kind of um, branching off of that, why an advocacy branch? What do you hope that the advocacy branch will accomplish? Yeah, so I think that the advocacy branch, well, all of what we do at Look Up really is advocacy. And I think having a specific branch of youth who are dedicated to focusing on different forms of advocacy just kind of helps not only more youth become aware of the issue, but also in terms of different ways of addressing and through legislative ways and also through like community-based ways whether it's like storytelling or filmmaking or something like that and having those opportunities readily available to you allows for a greater impact and especially in terms of those legislative things which need you support yeah I mean that's great and kind of talking about that legislative piece of it um, as an intern this summer you and I worked together on COSA, which is the Kids Online Safety Act, and kind of advocacy around that. Um, And so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about this act um, and how youth advocates are working for the betterment of legislative reform in this field. Yeah, so COSA is a bill that really just advocates for making social media specifically uh, well designed for youth, because a lot of the aspects of social media are designed to be addictive and youth are having direct access to these things and it's very much tied with mental health as well and a lot of it is just kind of like encouraging or placing regulations on um, companies to have youth's best interest in mind and also including better or stronger parental controls for youth who um primarily under the age of 13, but youth in general. And a lot of it is really just um, having that legal ability to force companies to really just put the best interests of youth in mind, because right now um, it's pretty evident that that's not their primary interest. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible what COSA has the opportunity to do. Um, One of the interesting parts of the bill that I really liked reading about was increased transparency, right? At the very least, if you're not making direct changes to 
algorithmically if you are going to be transparent about what these algorithms can do and what their capabilities are and how they're impacting youth making data accessible to researchers and making them accountable for what they're building i think that's really important and to all of our viewers or listeners um the bill actually passed on the floor of the commerce committee in senate on july 27th without any amendments which is incredible i'd love to to hear your perspective chloe on the impact that young people can have on these legislative initiatives can have some of the most powerful impact on legislation, especially because, um, with COSA specifically, because it is a youth-oriented bill. And I think a lot of the times, um, just based on seeing everything that's happening in the youth, in the news as youth, it can be difficult to see kind of like the power that we can have. But I think that's another really important part of the advocacy branch is just making those like making it easier for youth to get their voices to the people that need to hear them and having that direct contact. And I'm really excited to see how um, COSA goes on the Senate floor. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And when it comes to youth mobilization, I know it's a really difficult, um, you know, stream to go into a difficult thing to mobilize young people. What are some reasons or incentives that you think young people would have to care about digital well-being? I think generation and time of society, social media is such an integral part of our lives and really just um, everyone's been affected by social media, either directly or indirectly. And I feel like with our generation, many people are aware of the negative impacts, but have no idea how to really address them. And even these social media companies are aware of the issue as well with all of the like reminders that you get to like take a break from your phone or be uh, not exactly sure, but I believe like Facebook had this report where they were, I think they had like, they're explaining how they had like different psychologists and psychiatrists, not psychiatrists, psychologists on their team. And just knowing that so many people are aware of the issue, but not sure how to solve it is um, part of, I just realized I didn't answer the question. No, 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 it's okay. Totally, you can keep going. This is a great, it's a great conversation. Okay. But it's really important in seeing that other people aren't directly addressing it is sometimes even like a big motivator to like take action for yourself and your peers. And I think that with things like the advocacy and other, and youth-led organizations as well, like off and um, technically politics and organizations that having that easy access to advocacy is really important in digital well digital well-being because this is such a new industry as well. I totally agree with you. I think it's relevant to our youth. Um, and I think it's just something that affects everyone's mental health. And I, I think we subtly acknowledge it. Like, we're like, oh, yeah, I mean, it does. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop using it or that we're going to limit our use. Um, and it's also, I feel like, especially with younger kids, right now, a lot of what's going on in this country is, is like, disproportionately, I feel like, misinterpreting young people like especially like younger younger kids like people like in elementary school or middle school who are on youtube or on you know social media and at that age i feel like we don't have as much exposure to what is like correct what is incorrect what our values are what our understanding of the world is 
and it's so much shaped by all these things that we see. I feel like there are parts of me like that I mentioned earlier, I think in other episodes too, like when I'm watching something online or I'm scrolling on something and you see this like indication of how people are living, these, these lifestyles, right? And you kind of assume as a young person, this is what life is like. And obviously in comparison to that, you know, some of those things that you see online, your life doesn't seem as great, right? Because there are people who are like, um partying every day or people whose job is to create a specific kind of lifestyle and market it um and so without knowing that it just severely impacts the way you perceive what life is and how you're supposed to live which is crazy to think about yeah and I think it also kind of goes back to how social media can be used for good and bad because I think that um like you said like it can really kind of like accelerate that like fear of missing out especially for younger kids who this kind of is their reality especially during the pandemic when mm -hmm. have many other options of living and I liked how you said that like some people's job is to market a lifestyle because I think so many people don't realize that that's really what influencers do like it's not just the products and the sponsorships but the lifestyle as a whole and how those products play a role into the lifestyle so I think that just also being able to see both sides because social media can can portray like lifestyles that maybe if you've never left your home country you would never see those different lifestyles and I think it's like most things has its good sides and bad sides and I think yeah uh, is just mitigating those bad sides yeah for sure and I think your platform mentality masterpiece is a perfect example of the good of social media right it's used as a platform to advocate for mental health advocacy and to, to advocate for you know being practicing ideas that will help your own well-being right so sort of coming together to, to improve young people and the way they live their lives which is the whole point of your platform which is kind of used through social media I feel like even look up like we have a social media account we have Instagram account we have one for the youth leadership council um, and so these platforms were used to advocate for something called digital well-being, but we use it through digital means and digital platforms because that's kind of, it can be used for both. And I remember when we first brought that up at the Youth Leadership Council and we're like, okay, we're going to do some social media stuff. And I was like, I was so confused for a minute. I was like, I thought social media was bad um, because that was like back when I first started. And I was like, wait, what? But then I realized, that, okay, there's good and bad. And our job is to, to find the balance between both. And use social media in a way to advocate for what we care about. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you think that because your, <laughs> your platform is the perfect example of it. Um, and kind of bouncing off of that, we talked a little bit about the pros and cons of social media, and we tied that in with advocacy and legislation. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit about your background and um, your work in advocacy and legislation with look up and kind of outside look up too. What are some of the things you've done related to that field and how has that shaped your perspective? Yeah, so I think it really starts in seventh grade because I was um, I was a policy debater from seventh grade to 10th grade. And I feel like it completely changed my perspective on so many things because each year we had like a different resolution or topic. So we covered like education, immigration, criminal justice, and other topics under those branches and 
it really helped me understand how the government works and also how different like how the personal really is political, like how different personal issues or issues that affect individual people are related to government legislation and advocacy. So I actually, I was um, second place at the middle school urban debate nationals in eighth oh, grade, wow. which, yeah, I was really excited about that. And my okay. school, my high school didn't have a debate team. So originally I was just kind of thinking that oh it's like I'm not gonna debate anymore but then when I got to when the pandemic started then they had digital debate so I was able to do it again but kind of going back into debate I realized that I kind of wanted to have a greater impact because I while I knew like so much about so many different issues it kind of felt like I wasn't really having an impact in changing those problems and I was just more so like discussing them and I wanted to have that increased impact so I left debate which was really hard to do but I left debate and then I joined the tester magazine which is a youth-led digital magazine and nonprofit that focuses on different issues that affect um, people of color youth and I have really loved being there. I, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, I helped plan the um, standby API conference with the rise of crimes against um, Asian Pacific Islander people. And that conference was really successful. We had different speakers just kind of talking about the importance of just celebrating Asian and Pacific Islander culture and also the like ways to become an activist as well and just get more involved in different issues that are affecting our lives. And I think after, once joining the tester, I got really interested in advocacy in general and with Mentality Masterpiece, it was also kind of like a different form of advocacy. And I just feel like everything kind of ended up connecting and here I am. Yeah, that's great. And I, I love how you mentioned that everything kind of connected, right? First of all, kudos to you for kind of working on all of these incredible things in high school. That's great. And yeah. I love like how what you said, how everything kind of maps together and it kind of fits like into this puzzle. And honestly, I might ask you for career advice one day because I don't know what I want to do with my life, but you seem to have this clear path and this clear interest. And I'm so happy for you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And I'd love to just, <laughs> to just talk about anything as you kind of continue college and I'm kind of getting started with that process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how How is college applications going? Have you started that? Um, I've, I've started. I've kind of need to work more on my essays, but I have like a few ideas about different like locations and I have an idea of what I want to major in right now. I'm thinking of either business administration with a focus in like entrepreneurship or nonprofit management, something along those lines with a minor in Spanish because I can speak some Spanish. I'm not fluent, but I'm pretty, pretty decent. That's and cool. I'm fluent by the time I graduate college. So that's a great goal to have. Yeah. I mean, right now, I, I say right now because I don't know what's going to happen. But right now I am studying finance with a minor in microeconomic strategic analysis, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. So 
I think what's interesting is about college applications, and I know this is kind of way off from advocacy, but I promise it's kind of related, um, is the amount of introspection that needs to happen for these essays to occur and for these plans to happen. You know, I remember, I feel like social media and just this constant influx of things happening in the world, we never really stopped, or at least I never really stopped to think about what I wanted out of life or to think about like my plans or my goals or or my interests beyond like, I guess, academics or career. That's pretty much all I thought of. Okay, this is a college I wanna go to. This is the kind of career I wanna be in. And I never really thought about like, who am I as an individual beyond the hustle culture, I think, that was really promoted through social media that I felt. And, you know, I, I applied to colleges. And when I was doing that, I was so uncertain about who I was and who I was going to portray to people. And then once I got in to, to the college that I wanted to go to, I, I kind of blanked for a second. I didn't know. I did all of this to get into college. And then I, I forgot what was going to happen from now on. Like, you know, I did all these things so I could get into this college, but then I got into college and now I don't know what's going to happen next, which is kind of a crazy, crazy path. But yeah. I feel like that's a really common experience because I feel like even yeah. for me, I've been, I don't know, maybe like 11, like kind of everything I've been doing, not everything, but a lot of the things I've been doing like academically is kind of been like, like there's like an end goal in mind, which is like, yeah. and then it's like, I like I thought about the future beyond that in like a general sense but it's just kind of been like that hard like finish line and I think that um I feel like leaving debate actually kind of helped me frame that better because with debate it was it felt really like insulated and a lot of it was kind of just I didn't like I said earlier I didn't feel like I was making much of an impact but I think Mm -hmm advocacy work that I've been doing now it definitely like I know I want to continue it like as I'm in college and even beyond and I feel like it's helped me kind of see that like no matter which like the things that I do aren't dependent on where I am yeah that's great and I think that perfect conclusive statement to today's episode thank you so much for joining us today Chloe um Today was an incredible discussion with a lot of different, you know, points that we ended up on um, everywhere from like social activism and legislative reform to to wellness in general and digital wellness. And so I think it was very comprehensive and I'm glad to have been able to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I've been hearing so much, so many amazing things about the podcast in general. And it's such an honor to finally get to be on it as well. Well, thank you so much for coming. And thank you to all of our listeners. I keep calling you guys viewers and I've got to stop doing that. But thank you to all of our listeners for listening in on this episode. I will see you guys next week. Thank you.